Welcome to Archive Treasures. I'm Rosie Hill from the Trentham and District Historical Society. Each episode, we will explore a topic ranging from Irish migration in the 19th century to plane spotting at Cranny's Hill in World War II. learning more about history, about times past, and of those who lived in other eras. What were their lives like? How did they live? What was important to them? And what influenced the way they lived their lives? In this series of episodes, Archive Treasures Investigates, we follow the life of an everyday woman who caught our attention, Mrs C. Price. We piece together factual snippets of her life, discovering and learning the tools of historical research along the way. We trace back to her early days, and then forward to discover those that came after her. We follow her travels, living in different parts of Victoria, looking to find where she lived and why, but also to understand how she lived, what was her life, to appreciate the times in which she lived. Join us on this journey as we discover just who was Mrs C. Price. In episode two, we looked into the Historical Society archive folders and found local death notices for Charles, Emma Clark, their daughter, and Christina. We heard that Henry Harry had died young, but nothing further about when or why. We found that Emma had been a regular correspondent for the Trentham Gazette and very active in the local community. And then, from rates records, that C. Price owned a property in Market Street, Trentham, from 1926, and that Christina's brother, Henry Davies, had also lived in the area, but met an untimely death at the hands, well, at the feet of his bull. The question now was, how do we find out more about Henry Harry and when or why he died? Back to births, deaths and marriages for another go. The tricky thing is, we still aren't sure if he was called Henry or Harry, or what was meant by died young. Does it mean as a baby? A toddler? Or a teenager. If he was born in 1903, he would have been around 15 by the end of the First World War. So it is unlikely that he served in the armed forces, but it is still a possibility. After multiple searches, I was on the cusp of giving up. But one last go. With barely any search criteria, just the name Harry Price, and a date range of 1903, when he was born, to 1920. And finally, at the bottom of the third page of results was a record for a Harry Price, died in 1916. With father's name Chaz and mother Christina, maiden name of Davis. It had to be him. The reason I hadn't had any success before was that he died in Dalesford, not Trentham or Blue Mountain. Another lesson in assumptions. 
I should be learning by now. It made sense, though. There was a hospital in Dalesford, Stillers, that Trentham people were sent through to over the decades. So it all fitted. Once I downloaded the death certificate, however, and could see all the details, there were just as many questions. The certificate showed Harry Price died the 20th of January 1916 at Dalesford. There was a lot more I was unable to decipher, but those details at least were legible. What was unexpected, though, was that his father, Charles Price, was also listed as residing in Dalesford. I'd have to think about what that meant. Also, I was still a bit confused about his name. Perhaps the HY, used in many official records, was for Harry, not Henry, and I'd been mistaken all along. Thanks to the Bort Historical Society, we knew his date of birth, so finding his birth certificate was much easier. And then, no wonder I was confused. There it was, plain as day, Henry. He had been born and presumably baptised as Henry, but by the time he died, he was only known as Harry. Another interesting observation on the birth certificate, though, remember earlier records had his birth as occurring at Blue Mountain, while the birth certificate had his place of birth as Market Street, Trentham, Kintonshire. Maybe it was time to consult Beth again, with her trusty magnifying glass and knowledge of all things relating to the area. Now, what are we looking for? So what I found was that he was, the bit I can understand is that he was, when his birth certificate was Henry, his death certificate was Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted, to, I didn't know why he died or what. Or um, he died from. Yeah. And if there's anything else hidden in there that I might not know. Okay, so is this the Harold, William, that we're looking at? Uh, down, down this one. Oh, this one here. Is that? Henry? Yes. Yes, okay. Um, and this is birth. So I think this. It's all the same thing. I'm just because when I look at mine, um, it it has everybody, and your oh. your family might be just one of those. Yes, and I think it's just this one is. I think so. It these just people are un, unrelated. That's right. So it's yeah. sort of except they are. I notice they're out. That's eighteenth of September, eight August, 9th of September. Oh. That's a bit random, yeah. isn't it? Yes, yeah. third of August, 9th of September. 8th of August. Anyway, that's okay. So, Market Street, Trentham, mm-hmm. Shire, the county of Dalhousie. Um, Henry, male, he wasn't present. Well, no, he died, hadn't he? I, I think, was this his... Oh, is this the birth? I think this is, this is the, the birth. Births? Yeah. Um, father, Charles Price, labourer, and he was 37, 38 years old. Okay. And he came from Smeaton, hmm. which is over over, but near Ballarat. Right. Good potato but, growing area. Oh, okay. Mm. Yes. And um, the parents, they were married. The father was married on the twenty second of January, eighteen ninety four, at Catamore or Bort. K A T. Oh, I'll come back to that. Yeah. I think. And the other children in the family were eight years old, and Ethel was five. 
Now, the Gemma. Gemma, does that sound? <coughs> Emma. Emma? Was Emma. Emma yeah. was eight and yeah. Ethel was five. Yeah. Um, the mother was Christina Price, um, formerly Davis. She was 33 years old and what was that? Is that born in? And Bendigo was there. Yeah. That sounds right. Yep. 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 I found that they're not always that accurate, these records. Yeah. Because uh... her, she was actually, her family name were Davies, but in later times, mm -hmm. it's always Davis. Yes, it's like Toomey was sometimes T W O, oh. which is not uncommon for Toomey. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so Charles Price was a father, and this is the, the the informant was Charles, the witnesses, Sleeman, and Davis. Oh, okay. Uh, J. H. Sleeman. These would have been the doctors, I think. Nurse by whom certified a name of a witness, something a witness. So. Sleeman and Davis, and I think the other one says none. There was no other third person. I think that would be okay. Um, and it was registered often registered months after they were born. Yeah. Um, the thirtieth September, nineteen o three, whereas the birth was the eighteenth. Oh, well, that was quite quick. So all this happened in the Blue Mount area. Thirtieth September. That's when it was registered, and the registrar who signed it was hmm, E-R-S-O-N so what would that be? B Henderson and -E oh, the same this same person T-H-E-R Thurson P-H McPherson okay the person who signed it was McPherson does that make sense to you? Now, yep. we no. were trying to find what's back here. Henry. So Henry's the person. Yeah, Henry's the yep. baby that yep. was born. Now, we're looking at... So that was the birth certificate. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then... And then it's the same thing. It's multiple records. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but lovely, lovely oh, handwriting, isn't it? Just very hard to now, read. Now, are we looking at... Um, I think it's oh, this uh, one of these Harry, Harry Price. Yes. Okay, it's the twentieth of January, nineteen sixteen, Vincent Street, Dalesford. Well, that works. There is a Vincent mm -hmm. Street, um, County of Talbot, Dalesford, County mm -hmm. of Talbot. Harry Price, who was male and he was twelve years old. Lympho. Hemia, so cancer of the blood. Lympho, okay, lympho was his lymph system, mm. and I think that or hemorrhage, H A. At fourteen months, now what was this? Cause of death, duration of the illness, legally or qualified medical. So age, yeah. So he'd had it. They've been ill for fourteen yeah. months. Yes. The doctor was little. L-I-D-D-L-E, little, and 
I think that would say he attended on the 19th of February, 1916. Look, that's after the child mm. died, isn't it? Because he died in January. So. Mm. Yeah. We can look it up. 40, he was 14 months. The doctor was little, Liddell. The cause of death, duration of last illness, legally qualified medical practitioner by him, and when he last saw the... Yeah, well, not quite. No, <laughs> I think he possibly meant the 16th, would have seen it on yeah. the 16th. Oh, and he died on the 20th. And, di and died yeah. on the 20th. I'd, yeah. I'd say that was yeah. Charles Price, the same father, yeah. who was a minor. Christina Price, formerly Davis, that, that's yep. um, the signature description of resident or informed. That's the father who signed that, C. Price, father from Dalesford. Mm. Something 1916 in Dalesford. Um, we've still got that. 21st of February would correspond with the, that date, but we don't think that date's right. Mm. Buried on the 22nd of February. We said it was January. It's yeah. February. No, that's February. 21st of February. This one? Oh, that one. Oh, sorry. No, I was the wrong one. Sorry. That's right. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Same. Some discrepancies though, isn't there? Twenty second of February. That's the nineteenth. Okay. We're doing now he's he was last seen on the nineteenth of February and he died the next day on the twentieth. See, these are Februarys, they're all Februarys. Oh, okay. So that's twentieth of February. He was last seen by the doctor on the he was buried on the twenty second. He was seen on the nineteenth. Right. He was seen on the nineteenth. That's what died on the twentieth. Died on the twentieth, and is buried on the twenty second. They didn't waste time in those no, days. Be at, hot, at the cemetery in Dalesford. Yep. Of the minister, name of a religious minister. Uh, he was John Carrington, Church of England. So this was a child who died. Yeah. At twelve years of age. Yeah. Okay. Does that. Do you need anything else? No, I think that's good. Okay, so the Frederick... Because the family were definitely in Trentham up till 1909, and then in 1912 they're in Dalesford. So mm -hmm. possibly it was because he wasn't very healthy, but that may not have been, because he didn't get sick until... If it was 14 months, that would be 1914 at the yes, earliest. Yes, But those yeah. dates fall into place now. Yeah. Born on... The twentieth, uh, sorry, died on the twentieth. Was seen. The last date he was seen was the nineteenth, the day before, mm. and he died on the and was buried on the twenty second. Yeah. Um, had uh, spent all his life in Trentham, Victoria. Mm. Yeah. Well, when they went to Dales, they have to stay there for what, like, while the child's been treated mm, or something. And mm. do you want me to look up what? What the disease was he had? Yes. Oh, yes, please. Okay. Your medical... Where's my... Where's Google? Where's Google? <laughs> Long-term condition. When a build-up of lymph fluid, fluid in the body softens tissues, causing swelling. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very mm -hmm. pleasant. Especially no. back then. Yeah. You wouldn't have had much... No. Oh, they drain it. I think that's yeah. all... That was something I just saw before, oh, too. Okay. Draining it. Lymph fluid. I reckon that's a lymph fluid. 
Is that a cancer or is that a lymphedema? No. separate? Lymph, um, it's, it's lymph, well, lymph is I've to do lymph. with your, the lymph, lymph system, which goes around your, in the blood. It's mm. something that causes a collection of too, too many lymph fluids. Usually right. happens in the arms and legs, but can happen in other parts of the body. This swelling may cause pain and limit how well the affected area moves. It's a <laughs> so it's a build-up of fluid yeah. um, in, the, in the nodes, which... Yeah, um, you can't clear it. It says, how mm. serious is lymphedema? Severe cases can affect the ability to move and affect limbs, increasing the risk of skin infections and sepsis. Oh. And can lead to skin changes and breakdown. So yeah, that all sepsis back then would have been yeah, pretty pretty terminal. Um, what else mm. um, does? So. Yeah. Okay, was that any help? No, that was. Thank you. Good, good, good. Now the Dalesford connection. Not expecting any response, but just to cover all bases, I went back to Trove again and searched on Mrs. C. Price and Dalesford. And results came back, two of which definitely would indicate the family were living there during that time. From the age, Saturday the 7th of January, 1912, under the heading Hotels, Holiday Resorts, etc. Dalesford, two large bedrooms, use of kitchen, dining room, minute gardens. Mrs. C. Price, Stanley Street. And again, from the age, Wednesday the 11th of December, 1912, under the same heading, Dalesford, comfortable accommodation for visitors, tariff 25 shillings, Mrs C. Price, Stanley Street. There was nothing else, no recipes, but it was an interesting development. Is it them? How long were they there for? And what were they doing? Maybe it's time for a few more recipes while we think. Recipes From the Age, Saturday the 18th of May, 1940 Vegetable Marrow Chutney Peel a marrow and cut into small pieces, removing seeds. Sprinkle with salt and leave for 24 hours, then drain in a colander. To three pounds of prepared marrow, allow one quart of vinegar, half an ounce of mustard, half an ounce of turmeric, a quarter of a pound of sugar, one or two onions, six cloves, and one ounce of whole ginger. Mix mustard and turmeric to a smooth paste with a little vinegar and put the remainder of the vinegar into the pan with sugar, finely shredded onions and cloves and ginger, tied in a muslin bag. Bring to the boil and boil quickly for 10 minutes. Add the marrow and cook until soft and thick. Take out the spice, stir in the mustard and turmeric, and cook till thoroughly blended. Chopped apple and raisins may be added. From Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham. From the Australian Women's Mirror, Volume 18, Number 34, Tuesday, July the 11th, 1942. Tested recipes from readers. Mexican fancies. Three tablespoons of flour, two eggs, two tablespoons of milk, one tablespoon of minced onion, a cup of cold minced ham, six bananas, pinch of pepper and fat for frying. 
Beat the eggs well, add the milk, onion, seasoning, flour and ham. Drop tablespoonfuls into boiling fat. Fry a nice brown and dry on paper. Dip the bananas in lemon juice, dredge in flour, fry brown and serve all together. Mrs C. Price, Trentham, Vic. From the Australian Women's Mirror, Volume 19, Number 45, Tuesday, October 5th, 1943. From the column, Have You Ever Tried This? If heels and toes of socks and stockings are rubbed with a block of paraffin wax after each washing, they will really rub into holes. This eliminates the weekly darning. CP Trentham Vic Time to contact the Dalesford Historical Society to see if they can help. I sent off an email to the email address I found on Google and heard nothing. I googled again and found another email address, so tried again. To the Dalesford and District Historical Society. Hello. I'm hoping you will be able to assist me with some historic research I'm currently undertaking. As a member of the Trentham and District's Historical Society, I have been creating podcasts on various topics on their behalf, and this is for a potential podcast I'm working on. I have been tracing the life and movements of Mrs Christina Price, her husband Charles, and their family. They started their married life in the Bort Catamal area before moving to the Trentham district, somewhere between 1898 and 1903. They moved to and lived for some years in Stanley Street, Dalesford. I am unsure of the exact dates. The next record I have of them is back in Trentham in 1926 until their demise in the 1950s. I discovered they had lived in Dalesford by the details on the death certificate of their son Harry in 1916, as well as advertisements in Trove for accommodation in 1912, as detailed below. I would like to find out how long for and when they resided in Dalesford, any other details about what they did while they were there, or any other reference you may have relevant to their lives. Do you undertake research requests on another's behalf, or would it be possible to search your records myself? As I live in Trentham, it is not too far to come across to Dalesford when convenient. I am, of course, happy to pay any costs related to such a search. I must have found the right email address, as this time I received a reply. The response was quick, but I was out of luck, unfortunately. Dear Rosie, thank you for your inquiry regarding Christina and Charles Price. Reference 340. Our volunteers have searched extensively in both the land database and rate book for Charles or Christina Price in Stanley Street, but we are unable to find any information about them. We have also searched for a family history file, but no information is available. We appreciate your correspondence and suggest that you contact us again in the future, as our databases are constantly improving. We are an organisation run 100% by volunteers and rely on income from research to develop our services. We would welcome a donation for the searches we have conducted for your request. Regards, Sue. For Jan Smith, for DDHS, Inc. Research.
So this was disappointing, but it had been a long shot, with very little detail to go on. Not sure where to turn next, I decided it was time to reread what I had, to work out the next move. And I just couldn't give up. You've all heard that definition of insanity, repeating the same thing over and over, and expecting to get a different result? That was me. Back to Trove again, and one more try. Okay, several more tries, but it did finally work. I found an entry for the internment of young Harry. From the Dalesford Advocate, Thursday the 24th of February, 1916. The remains of the late Master Harry Price, son of Mr and Mrs Charles Price of Vincent Street North, were interred in the Dalesford Cemetery on Tuesday afternoon, the funeral being well attended. The coffin bearers were T. Price, B. Darcy, W. Datson and R. Jones. The Reverend Canon Carrington conducted services at house and grave. The mortuary arrangements were carried out by Mr. F. Very. Vincent Street North, not Stanley Street. I have to go back to the DDHS and start again. I think after that, we might need the soothing words of a few more recipes. From the Weekly Times, Wednesday, the 18th of January, 1950. First prize. Spiced tongues with sauce tartare. Take four unsalted sheep tongues, wash well and place in a shallow saucepan. Add a teaspoon of salt, an inch of cinnamon stick, sliced onion, two or three cloves, half a bay leaf and boiling water to cover. Bring to the boil, skim, cover and gently simmer for three quarters of an hour. Add juice of half a lemon or two tablespoons of vinegar. Simmer until tender. Leave in the stock until cool, then remove the tongues, skin, and trim the root ends. When quite cold, place on a serving dish and garnish with crisp lettuce. Serve with sauce tartare made as follows. Mix a tablespoon of chopped capers with a tablespoon of chopped parsley, one level tablespoon of chopped pickle, a tablespoon of chopped olives, and add a teacup of mayonnaise. Mix well. Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham, Victoria. From the Australian Women's Mirror, Volume 19, Number 15, Tuesday, March the 9th, 1943. Prawn Nut Rolls. Shell one cupful of prawns, pound them to a paste, and add half a cup of finely chopped salted nuts or peanut butter. Season with cayenne, blend with a little thick cream or mayonnaise dressing, and spread on thin slices of buttered brown bread, from which the crusts have been cut. Roll up, pile on the plate, and garnish with parsley or chopped lettuce. Mrs C. Price, Trentham, Vic. From the Weekly Times, Wednesday the 7th of June, 1944. Practical hints from practical women. Tasty corned beef. When boiling corned meat, add a small handful of barley and a tablespoon of treacle to the water. It will make the meat more tasty and tender and improve the flavour of the carrots cooked with it. 
Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham. There was one more person I approached to help me find out more about Christina and Charles. Adrian Green is a former solicitor with a keen interest in the early history of the Trentham district. He is very experienced at trawling through titles and deep diving into other legal documentation. After a quick chat at the local market and a few scribbled notes on a paper napkin, courtesy of the Historical Society Barbecue, and a few months later, Adrian came through Trump's. The following details are taken from the report he produced, all beautifully laid out and fully referenced. The first section contained a lot of facts already discovered, but with extra details, especially about Charles, details that I hadn't come across before. Starting off, the Davies, Christina's family. Christina was the fifth of eleven children born to Christopher Joseph Davies and Emma Stone. Her parents had married in 1859. Christopher, her dad, was born in 1832 and died in 1891. Emma, her mum, was born in 1842 and died in 1926, with her death registered at Kyneton. Of Christina's siblings, two were born in Melbourne, Five others were born in Bendigo, along with Christina, and the last three were born and bought. As we know, four of her siblings didn't survive childhood and died under the age of five. As well as Christina, Joseph and Henry had links to this area and had their deaths recorded at Dalesford, Joseph in 1939 and Henry in 1950. Then we move on to the prices. Charles's family. Adrian was able to look back into the records for Charles and his family. His birth details couldn't be found, nor could those of his seven siblings. On the marriage index records for several of Charles' siblings, though, it indicates that they were born in Smeaton, as it did on Charles and Christina's marriage certificate. Drawing deductions from the information that was available, it seems likely that Charles was the third child of at least eight children of Thomas Price, born circa 1820 and whose death was registered at Dalesford in 1888, and Mary Jenkins, possibly born circa 1835, death possibly registered at Benalla in 1910. Several of Charles' siblings settled into the Warburton, Milgrove, Westburn area and another sibling settled at Benalla. Then we move on to Charles and Christina's family. As we know, Charles Price and Christina Davies were married at her parents' residence at Catamore and Bort in 1894 by the Reverend John Jones. They had three children, Emma and Ethel, who were born at Bort, and Henry Harry, who was born after they moved to the Trentham area. Emma Price married Sidney Victor Clark in 1924 and had two children, Charles Victor Clark and Emma Christina Clark, known as Dooney. Sidney, or Vic as he was known, died on the 25th of May 1954 at Trentham, aged 52. Emma died on the 19th of June 1955 at Royal Melbourne Hospital, 
aged 60. Ethel Maud Price, the second daughter, married Frederick Thorpe in 1922, and they had one son, also known as Frederick. Frederick, or Fred, her husband, died on the 28th of July 1954, at Trentham, aged 57. Ethel died on the 24th of September 1965, aged 67, and is also buried at the Trentham Cemetery along with her husband. The third child of Charles and Christina was Henry Harry. Adrian Searching has Henry's birth registered at Dalesford, along with his death in 1916 at the age of 12. He was buried at the Dalesford Cemetery on the 22nd of February 1916. Charles, as we may remember, died on the 29th of May 1953, aged 88. Probate of his will was granted in Victoria on the 21st of July 1955, with his occupation by then described as pensioner. Christina died in 1956 on the 25th of August, aged 87. A grant of administration with the will annexed was made in Christina's estate in Victoria on the 28th of September 1956. The application described Christina's occupation as widow. Adrian then listed information about the properties that Charles and Christina had owned. There had been many earlier references to Market Street, and only once a mention of Seven Market Street. Adrian had the details and was able to confirm that connection, but also next door at number 5 Market Street, which was a surprise. First off, Seven Market Street. Charles Price was registered as the sole proprietor of Seven Market Street Trentham on the 24th of December 1925 and remained so until his death in 1953. Christina Price, Nee Davies, was registered as the sole proprietor of Seven Market Street on the 30th of November 1955, and remained so until her death on the 25th of August 1956. After Christina's death, Ethel Maud Thorpe, Nee Price, was registered as proprietor, as administrator of the will and estate of her mother, Christina. A transfer of the property, presumably by sale, was made to Ernest Alfred Hammond and his wife, Stella Olive Hammond, Nee Jeffries, which was registered on the 18th of December 1958. Then we come to 5 Market Street, which, while we know there was a connection to a neighbouring property with Henry Davies, Christina's brother, and with Emma and Victor Clark, we hadn't confirmed which property, and we didn't know that Christina had been involved. 5 Market Street Trentham Charles Price, having purchased 7 Market Street in late 1925, his wife Christina purchased the neighbouring property at 5 Market Street by transfer registered on the 11th of April 1928 two and a half years later. Then, 18 months after that, by transfer registered on the 11th of October 1929, Christina's brother, Henry Davies, 
became the sole proprietor of 5 Market Street. Following Henry's death on the 2nd of December 1950, Henry's widow, Mary Jane Davies, nee Thorpe, another connection, was registered as the proprietor as executor of Henry's will on the 25th of January 1954. Also on the 25th of January 1954, a transfer was registered, passing ownership to Emma Clark, Nee Price, and daughter of Charles Price and Christina Davies, and Emma's husband, Sidney Victor Clark. Sidney Clark died on the 25th of May 1954, and Emma Clark died on the 19th of June 1955, so they didn't get to enjoy it very long. Ownership of 5 Market Street then passed to Dennis Allen Maloney and Eileen Margaret Hammond, by transfer registered on the 21st of December 1955. Dennis and Eileen married in Victoria in 1955. So there we have it. Confirmation of Seven Market Street as the home of Christina and Charles Price, from Christmas Eve 1925 until their deaths. Also, we now know that as well as passing through the hands of several of the extended family, Five Market Street was the home of the very good neighbour, their daughter, Emma Clark, mentioned in the Good Neighbour Recipe Competition and the Argus on Friday the 15th of July, 1955. From the Australian Women's Mirror, Volume 19, Number 19, Tuesday, April the 6th, 1943. Passion Sultana Pudding Put into a basin two cups of self-raising flour and quarter of a cup of sugar. Work into this, with the tips of your fingers, two tablespoons of butter and one egg beaten with half a cup of milk, half a cup of sultanas and the pulp of two passions. Put into a buttered basin the pulp of four passions and run the pulp around the basin. Into this pour the pudding mixture. Top with greased paper, cover with a cloth and steam one and a half hours. Serve with custard or passion fruit sauce. Mrs C. Price, Trentham, Vic. From The Age, Saturday the 16th of July, 1938. Prize Recipes and Hints. An unusual recipe for poinsettia cake, sent in by Mrs C. Price of Market Street, Trentham, has been awarded the special prize of five shillings this week. Poinsettia cake. Four ounces of butter, one cup of sugar, two eggs beaten, half a cup of milk, two cups of sifted flour, two teaspoons of baking powder, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, and one teaspoon of vanilla. Sift flour, add baking powder and salt, and sift twice. Cream the butter and add sugar, then beat well. Gradually add the eggs and blend thoroughly. Mix in the milk and flour and work to a smooth batter. Bake in two sandwich tins in a moderate oven for 30 minutes and put together with white icing sprinkled with chopped crystallised cherries. Cover the top and sides with the same icing and decorate with poinsettias made from sliced cherries for the petals and strips of angelica forming the stems. For the white icing, one and three quarter cups of sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, 
two egg whites, stiffly beaten, half a cup of water. Stir the sugar and water over slow fire until clear, and boil without stirring until the syrup spins a thread when tested with a fork, or when a firm ball is formed in cold water. Have ready beaten egg whites. Pour over them the hot syrup in a thin stream, whisking constantly. Add vanilla and beat until the mixture will hold its shape. Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham. Weekly Times, Wednesday the 6th of December, 1944. Readers' own hints. To freshen vegetables. To freshen stale vegetables, soak them for an hour in cold water, to which the juice of a lemon has been added. Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham. What have we learned on this journey of discovery about Mrs. C. Price and about how to research someone we know very little about? Before I started researching Mrs. C. Price, I imagined that when I found a piece of information, it would be unambiguous and correct. My mother had always been very pedantic about the spelling of our own and other family members' names throughout the generations. I expected this would be the case when looking up historical records. I was wrong. We only need to look at the various spellings of Christina's first name and the listings under either Davies or Davis. Then there is the whole Henry Harry situation, compounded by the shortened version HY. The obituaries we discovered contained conflicting information about times and events, which can be attributed to the vagaries of memory and family folklore handed down through generations. Then, remember finding the Price's headstone in the first episode and making the assumption that they were a childless couple? What you see is not always the whole story. The first lesson, never assume. A lot of the initial research was done online, through Trove and births, deaths and marriages, even Google. That was the easy part. After that, it was down to looking through the physical records, with no search criteria. Rate books, old papers and folders of collected information, and contacting other organisations and getting their assistance. Also, trust your instincts and follow your nose. Go back over what you've looked at before. Remember Henry Davies and the Bull, and going back to the pages I had discarded? I knew more by then, and had easily overlooked those entries the first time round. It's okay to go back over the same material. So, the second lesson. Get off the laptop and get your hands dirty. Figuratively, though, not literally. Be patient. In this modern world, if Google can't provide the answer in under 30 seconds, the inclination is to assume it doesn't exist. With a lot of the material I was looking through, that just wasn't the case. I had to learn how to look, not just scanning for words or titles that would herald a discovery. I had to slow down and understand the format of what I was looking at before it would reveal its secrets. 
It was painstaking work, but oh so rewarding when I found something. Much more satisfying than a two-second response from Google. The third lesson? Try to be a tortoise, not a hare, when it matters. So now to Christina, whom originally we only knew as Mrs C. Price of Market Street, Trentham. We discovered she was born in the Bendigo area in 1869 and was one of 12 siblings, several of whom had died prematurely. Her family may have moved around, possibly to England and New Zealand, then perhaps to South Australia and up to Queensland, following gold rushes and other mining opportunities, before finally settling down to a life of farming in the Cattlemore Bort area. Christina had had some success with floral competitions at the local AMP show, and her occupation was listed as a milliner at the time of her wedding to Charles in 1894. She and Charles had two children while still in the Bort area, Emma in 1895 and Ethel in 1898. Between 1898 and 1903, they moved to the Trentham Blue Mountain area, where their son Henry was born. We lose track of them, but know they were still in the Trentham area in 1909, before moving to Dalesford by 1912, where they stayed in various houses until 1919, when they were once again back in Trentham. Henry, who was by then known as Harry, died in 1916 at the age of 12, and is buried in the Dalesford Cemetery. Emma and Ethel both married and stayed in the Trentham area. Emma was married to Vic Clark and Ethel to Fred Thorpe. Some of Christina's siblings also moved to the area over the years. Joseph was residing with his wife and family in Dalesford and subsequently died there in 1939. And Henry retired from WA back to a small property at Littlehampton where he died as the result of an encounter with a belligerent bull. Charles worked on the Trentham Railway from 1926 to 1940, after which we assume he retired. He died in 1953 and was buried at the Trentham Cemetery. Emma died a few years later after a short illness, and then Christina in 1956 at the age of 88 as the result of a fall from a car. Still, there is so much more about their lives we don't know. We haven't located any photos of the family or personal writings of or about Christina. Her obituary referred to her being an active member of the community, but we have been unable to find her name in relation to any of the organisations of the time. We can make some assumptions based on what we do know, and from the recipes and handy hints by which she came to our attention. I picture her in a warm, welcoming kitchen, with something bubbling away on the stove, and a biscuit or two always in the nearby tin, the kettle warming, ready to make a cuppa. But, is my interpretation through rose-coloured glasses? Maybe she wasn't the homely, grandmotherly type that I am picturing. She would have worked hard throughout her life, a practical woman, feeding and caring for her family, while also working on the farming property referred to in her obituary. 
She may not have had time for the small luxuries of a warm hearth. Well, not until her retirement anyway. Her first recipes didn't appear until 1938, two years before Charles finished work on the railways. Was this because she only then had the time to indulge in such activities? We have learnt a lot about her life, but there is still so much more we do not know. We will leave her there, but thank her for providing the inspiration to allow us to go on this journey, to find out what we could about just who was Mrs C. Price. From the Australian Women's Mirror, Volume 21, Number 47, Tuesday, October the 16th, 1945, Prize Recipe. Each week, an outstanding seasonable recipe is paid for at 7 and 6, instead of the ruling rate, 2 shillings. Rejected recipes are not returned. Rashid Sausages Skin, halve and roll in flour, one pound of pork or beef sausages. Derind quarter of a pound of lean bacon rashers and roll one rasher around each half sausage. Grease a casserole, put in half the sausages, cover with sliced tomato and about half a cup of baked beans. Add another layer of rolls, then more tomato and beans. Put the lid on the casserole and bake for one hour in a moderate oven, served with mashed potato. Mrs C. Price, Market Street, Trentham, Vic. As we reach the conclusion of the three episodes of Archive Treasures Investigates, there are a few people I would like to thank. Firstly, from the Trentham and District Historical Society, Beth Toomey, with her trusty magnifying glass and perseverance in reading tiny ancient scribble. Natalie Poole, for her Ancestry.com search and support in finding out more about Mrs C. Price. And then Adrian Green, for his thorough research amongst titles, probates and all other manner of official records. Secondly, a nod to the Macedon Rangers Audio Makers Network and especially Kate Lawrence and Brad May for their encouragement and enthusiasm for this project and for many helpful suggestions along the way. Archive Treasures is produced on Zha Zha Wurong country. We acknowledge and pay respects to the traditional owners and we would also like to extend our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. Archive Treasures is brought to you by the Trentham and District Historical Society. If you would like to hear further episodes, they are available from most podcasting apps or on our website www.trenthamhistoricalsociety.org.au or you can go to our Facebook page, Trentham and Districts Historical Society Australia. I hope you can tune in next time for more archive treasures.